read for you just a moment ago, you notice in verse 9, Haman went out that day joyful and glad of heart. Uh, The reason for that is where we were last week. Um, If you recall, Haman is being invited uh, to join King Ahasuerus and Esther together at an exclusive uh, banquet. So the king uh, and Haman will be joining her. You see at the end of verse 8, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleased the king to grant my wish and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come to the feast that I will prepare for them. And tomorrow, and you notice this little skill, and, and Esther demonstrates this regularly throughout the text moving forward, just wise, calculating, shrewd political skill. She is a woman of, 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 of great intelligence uh, and craft and insight. She maneuvers uh, through uh, the ranks very skillfully. Again, that may have been, uh, for me at least, if we're looking back at the beginning portions of the book, uh, you unite the language and the theme of Esther being brought to the harem with King Ahasuerus, and he gains his favor. Again, for me, as I'm reading that, I'm looking at that through the lens of the text and the recurrent usage of that terminology, her positive gaining of uh, King Ahasuerus' delight and, and pleasing him, uh, again, even then, I think was the, probably the wrong thing, but she demonstrated great political skill, and she won his favor. Remember, she's been moved out of this moment of, of tremendous weight and political courage that needs to be demonstrated. She is, she is as Mordecai has revealed to her, their only option to do something about this and so the question that was in the balance for a little while, will, will Esther rise to the moment of moral courage? And we know that she is rising to the moment of, of, of moral courage. But it's not just a simple thing for Esther or anyone in that set of circumstances. Uh, she is, once again, demonstrating a keen awareness and political skill in doing so. Uh, notice that I, I draw your attention because the last phrase of verse 8, notice how... Where you look at someone and you reassure them as they're interacting with you that everything that they're telling you is their own way. And there's a way to, to maneuver, maneuver the office, so, uh, a way to, to help your boss uh, see that it, 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 it's, it's his idea that, that, we, that we go forward doing these things. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I think you mentioned that. Uh, well, again, it takes keen skill. Notice at the end, ever, uh, hey, uh, King has wears his ass twice now. What do you want? What do you want? I, I will do it. Just what, what is it that we're here for? What do you want? You came here for what? What do you want me to do? And, and then uh, again, uh, she says, I will prepare for them the banquet of peace, and tomorrow I will do as the king has said. I, 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 will, I will grant you the favor that, that uh, you're asking what my favor is. Yes, I will grant you the favor by telling you my favor. That I need. And so it'll be the king's delight to hear Esther say her request. And then again, I, I noticed for you that, or, or I mentioned to you to notice in the text that I think Esther is acting with moral courage in these moments because, again, she 
prevails. And that sense that, that God is for me and that there is a divine, favorable stance. And that happened at the moment, I think, within the text when he walked in on Ahasuerus' thought. He saw the turn of faith. He saw Ahasuerus was welcome therein. At that moment, he said, we're probably going to accept that. So given that sense of God's favor, he demonstrated godly patience and strategic care. She delayed her request yet again to suggest to him that it will be his idea that then she will tell him of her request. And so she invites him to a second speech. The political intrigue surrounding the banquet is surrounding Haman. Because you recall, Haman is the target. He is uh, Esther's concern first. She wants to set the record straight and deal with Haman. She is setting forth a plan deliberately to deal with Haman. How do we know that she knows so much about Haman? Remember, you look at the text, and in verse 4, let the king and the Haman come. At verse 5, bring Haman. At verse 5, to the king and Haman. And tomorrow we have another uh, banquet. If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come. She knows she is the target. Because when uh, Mordecai, you recall, was making the scene in the village, uh, or, or, or near the, the government building at the king's gate. And then there was the exchange of her people to him, and then trying to figure out what's going on with Mordecai here. Do uh, you remember what he started with when he told uh, her people to go tell her? He said, uh, he began telling her as the person, everything that happened to him was a trick. Who was going to relay it to Queen Esther? The exact sum of money for 10,000 pieces of gold that he got from the king. That's why now, politically and spiritually, she is bringing Haman to the table. He's the target. But you'll also notice in the text as we move forward with this, we see in verse 9, Haman went out that day joyful and Haman is the kind of guy who, uh, maybe we would say, he can't get out of his own way. Uh, I was speaking of uh, kind of a colloquial proverb for someone like Haman when I was working on the decision with this scene. I thought that maybe you've heard it. I always say these, and I think I'm the only one who said them. I'm not making them up, I swear. Maybe this one is a little bit more down the center of the lane for everyone, but when we think of Haman, we would think of him as the type of man who snatches the feet from the ground. over what the world is about. This proverbial wisdom for all of us. Again, we've seen it a couple of times with him already, and he's just walked through it again. But we've seen it already a couple of times throughout the text. You remember when he was initially promoted within the administration, every single person in the government had to bow down to him. Everyone. Everyone had, had to go be honored for him. You think out of 127,000, I wouldn't even know the population numbers at the time. 
behavior of Esau as the great point of emphasis. And everyone is ordered to show honor and favor wherever you go. And you think we take the word. It comes across more as I do work. And he loses his mind over it. He can't handle that Mordecai alone, this individual person, one person out of who knows how many, is not showing the honor. And Haman doesn't have the capacity to move ahead with it. To just be able to ignore it. He doesn't have the capacity, and we're going to see why in the text this morning. Again, you think of another example. Now, as the text is drawing near with Haman, the same thing occurs where he pushes the envelope so far as to establish an edict uh, about a, a certain people within the, the, the Persian Empire. He has to now, again, not just deal with Mordecai, but because of his ego getting in the way, he wants to eliminate not just also Mordecai, but all of the Jewish people also. And then now, Haman is invited to a private and very exclusive Haman would walk out that day and he would be joyful and very glad. He would take the wind from his Again, I expect I, I you this proverbial wisdom now, and I'm going to expand upon that here for a few minutes because if you consider it actually, it is rather exciting. As we look at the characters, we consider what's going on in the there's something there to be said for perhaps not as vile a person in their conduct itself or in terms of Christian misconduct as Haman. But there is something there for all of us to consider that God provides goodness and development and the progress of our lives. And for us to be filled with gratitude for it instead of murmuring about it. There's a way to this Once again, by proverbial wisdom, God determines the outcome. 
Again, another proverb as we think of the book of Esther as a study in proverbial wisdom, the heart of a king is a stream of water. So we think of the Hasuerus and, and, and how uh, erratic his behavior is. We think how unstable he is and dangerous of an individual he is over God's people, the church of Christ in the Old Covenant. The heart of a king, how can we consider it? But a stream of water, God reminds us. And then Proverbs adds the point of understanding that any king's heart or government official or any man's heart for that matter is a stream of water in the hand of God and God turns it wherever he Last week we consider as Esther is displaying great political skills here and delaying the crime. And I don't know if the purpose would be what the goal in the, in the, in the delay would be, but it seems to be to give room almost to Haman. Again, another thought there on proverbial wisdom and scripture is the idea that sometimes you will give the person enough rope and they will make it happen with you. Um, I certainly think of the characters that, that given space and opportunity to take the, the promise of God's word and utterly destroy it. Proverbial thought from the book of Proverbs will draw attention this morning as we consider, as we look at Haman going forward, with the promise and potential ahead of him of this exclusive banquet with the king's fivefold support. Solomon reminds us that a haughty spirit goes before the fall. Again, it's whether it's the task of the block, the heart of the king, patience that persuades a ruler or now pride that goes before the fall, it is good for God's people to see and be reminded that God's wisdom transcends human intelligence and confounds Haman is, we think, on, on all uh, earthly metrics. Haman is a smart and capable individual. He wouldn't have arisen to the ranks where he is within the Persian Empire as government had he not been a smart, intelligent, and very capable individual. So effectively, the smarts or the constitution and the ability to problem solve and the ability to get tasks accomplished that are assigned to him. We meet many people like that ourselves, right? Uh, friends, colleagues, other individuals that we know that are smart, intelligent, and very capable like Haman. Haman indeed is clever, but he is not confident. More particularly for Haman and those who are outside of Christ, they're not competent specifically in the ways of righteousness. Let me use Psalm 2 as a little bit of a backdrop for our text this morning as we progress through the situation here in the scenery post-banquet uh, over the evening as we wait. Uh, let me use Psalm 2 as a backdrop for our text this morning. I'll read for you verse 11 and 12. You don't need to turn there, but I'm simply laying it as a backdrop for there our progress through the text of Esther. But again, notice the difference in where you yourself want to be. Again, they're smart, they're capable, they're clever, they're intelligent. But there is also, you can confess that, a lack of confidence. And particularly competency in what matters most. The ways of righteousness. This Haman's vision 
I draw attention to Psalm 2 for you, beginning in verse 11 and 12, I'll simply read it as the backdrop and then we'll move into our text here. Esther, verse 11. Serve the Lord with Blessed are all who take refuge in you. You see, the story of Esther, as a historical text, joins in the testimony of Proverbs. It joins in the testimony of Proverbs as we display whether it be the loss, the heart, the patience, the pride, and it enjoins itself to the rest of the entire Old Testament. Story which affirms that God as the judge of all men. I hope you hear this. It joins to affirm that God as the judge of all men will reward the righteous and will punish the Knowing that God is here and we're going to the beginning judgment leading into the life of Haman, as a man who cannot receive his own system, but is hell-bent on bringing destruction and rebellion against God and his people, we recognize in the text of Psalms that God will reward the righteous, and if you see Haman, he will punish the wicked. The question then at that point, if we embrace it, as in Psalm 2, 11 and 12, the question is, what must we do? The truth of it and the weight of it, whether it be found in Psalms, Proverbs, or Esther, is that God will reward the righteous and He will punish the wicked. And if those are fixed categories, what must we do? Well, the end of Psalm 2 told us Blessed are those who then take refuge in Him. The display and the, the, the start of the undoing of Haman begins in verse 9. Again, I draw your attention, we progress in the text, we look at Haman as one doing judgment as a wicked individual, verse 9. Haman went out that day joyful and glad of heart. Now, again, it makes sense. Why would he go out so joyful and, and, and glad of heart? He has successfully established himself as part of the inner circle of power over the entire person. Out of the entire situation, there is Queen Esther, there is King Ahasuerus, and there is only one other individual. And it's him. So, Haman has every reason to go out and understand, I'm joining the feast tomorrow. Why would I be anything but joyful and glad of heart? There are three people who matter most in this entire first empire. But again, proverbial wisdom begins to show its head yet again. This all occurred before social media. Now we just have an easier access to being able to function our lives like Haman. My limbs are only limbs if everyone else is alive. 
transformative right now to get light or to get insight or to whatever it is that only you feel so capable of communicating to us. Haman's afraid. Why is this affair so outright doesn't matter with what's happened to this man? All the more as he is here. What kind of a rule is this? Knowing about it and being envious of it. 
this way, he says, so Haman is patient in that inordinate pride and arrogance that conceals a vast and tender Think about that, 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 that tension. Pride and arrogance conceals
from the family to give you your life, the things that you need around the house, the things you need for the daughters, where you go to work, diligent, have to care, um, to recognize you're living your life before God, so those are trying to be grateful. But people need honor in order to be validated. But confidence is able to wait and focus on the task at hand regardless of external recognition. But with ego, we need to be recognized. We need to be compensated. Especially problematic, he adds, in conclusion, is the fact that often we get that. Thank you. 
about when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he neither rose nor trembled before him. So you'll notice, and we don't have time, but you'll notice that there's an escalated behavior on, on Mordecai's part there. Initially, he just avoided, and then he wouldn't bother. At this point, the text is indicating somehow Mordecai is communicating even more effectively to Haman.
it wasn't first, and we go through the last of the of freedom just for history not to offend the last. But we as the people of God in this world, if you were to above us and they rage against God and his people for why we really Lord. 